Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 16th episode on the po- on the po- oh, shoot of the podcast on December 13th, 2012. It's after finals. All My of our fried. intelligence has just like <laughs> seeped out of our brain. We're done. We're checked Can't out talk. for the holidays. Can't talk. <laughs> well, I mean, it's about the week before the Capital One Bowl week, and what they're starting that this weekend with a couple bowl games. Uh, we'll talk about those later. We won't actually, you know, pick them as far as you know counts for you know wins and losses and all that stuff. But it'll be interesting to talk about. How has your sports viewing gone otherwise this past week? Um, let's see. I mean, I was kind of busy studying most of the weekend so i didn't really catch many of the nfl games mm. and uh i watched a little bit of the army navy game i did too yeah it was interesting oh, oh you gotta I feel watched... so badly for those those army kids like they were gonna you know go down the field and win their first you know game in that rivalry mm-hmm. first time in like 10 years 10 11 mm-hmm. years and they fumble the ball on like the 10 yard line Oh, it's brutal. And I watched the other thing, um, actual college football playoffs. Um, you know, oh, like the division, like lower yes, divisions, yeah, lower division playoffs. Really, next to you know the bowl games at the end of the year, and next to the you know the NFL playoffs, definitely my favorite thing to watch because it's all decided on the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how it should be, and um, you know, hopefully someday there'll be, you know, legit playoffs with the same number of teams and everything. We could only hope. I don't. With all the money, who knows? Yeah, you had the Wayne State uh, football team, which is you know the Detroit University that uh, was in the finals for that last year, and then they lost. But well, it's nice because you get a couple. You get like three other rounds of these playoffs that kind of rotate on television because you've got a couple of different divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's definitely when there's not regular football going on, like at the same level, this is going on right now. So um, it's, it's definitely fun to watch. And, it, you know, if you have free time this Saturday, I'm sure there'll be some more on. Definitely. Yeah. And then Johnny Manziel won the Heisman. Yeah. First freshman ever. Um, just a few hours ago, uh, Josh Hamilton signed with the Angels, according mm-hmm. to sources, like five-year deal. Uh, so it's not in our outline because it just happened a few hours mm-hmm. ago. But interesting things happening. Well, let us get into the red zone where we cover the top three sports stories that we think you know are the top sports stories of the past week. We start at the 20-yard line with boxing. Ooh, yes, boxing. Um it was a big fight this weekend between, uh, who was it? Juan, Juan Manuel Marquez. Juan Manuel Marquez and Manny Pacquiao. 
Um, and let's see, how many rounds did he go? Do, 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 do. Six, I think. Six, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it was six. Um, big blow from uh, Marquez on Pacquiao. Uh, basically knocked him out in the sixth round. Um, and I don't know, I'd recommend going, because like, I didn't get to see it live, I'd recommend going to watch the hit. It's pretty brutal. It is. Like, he's, it's... he's down for over two or three minutes afterwards. Mm-hmm. No, it was definitely brutal. You know, a really good counter punch, because mm-hmm. Marquez took the punch, but Basically took that force of Pacquiao's punch and then drove his own fist and kind of used it against him. Um, yeah, it was shocking. Uh, I was, you know, talking to Joel before the show and I was saying, like, I was, like, waking up out of a, a sleep stupor, you know, which finals, writing a paper and all that. And it's, you know, midnight and the TV's still on and Sports Center's on and they're talking about how Manny Pacquiao is knocked out. And I think I'm I'm stunned. Like he, I would think it would be one of my favorite boxers right now, yeah, in the game. And it seemed just he okay. He lost a few months ago, maybe more than a few months it, ago. It, it was kind of um, that that one I actually did see. It, mm. it was kind of uh, it seemed as if he was dominating pretty much the entire yep. match. That was against Bradley, right? Yeah. Yeah, and kind of source similar to how this one went because if you look at the you know the hit statistics and everything. I mean, you would have thought that he won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was dealing out a lot more, but he, I mean, he didn't finish off the guy. And yeah. so he basically let, lost that way. And um, this was that kind was of his first to, career loss. Yeah. Um, this was supposed to be, you know, kind of showing that he's, you know, still, still able to, you know, beat other boxers, you know, at the, that same level and kind of like come back and show everybody. And so, you know, people were kind of expecting that because, you know, it's uh, Marquez who, you know, this this is supposed to be kind of like his last chance mm-hmm. at this fight. But, um, you know, it was after their fourth meet, fourth matchup. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after you listen to them, them both. I mean, you know, a lot of times you're, when you're in the heat of the moment, people say things like, oh, well, of course, we'll there'll be another match and whatever. So that's what they both said immediately afterwards. But you, sometimes you got to wonder. I mean, you finally got a win in this series mm. that I mean, go out on top. Yeah, that he's been dominated and and it, you know it it kind of brings up the other thing. You know, there's there's other fights that people kind of want to see from Manny and um, like if that's if those fights are actually going to happen. Yeah, and that's where we make the play here. We you know, have a predictive element down the sidelines here. And we ask, will there ever be a Pacquiao-Mayweather fight? And look, Floyd, May- Floyd Mayweather Jr., mm-hmm. very skilled. Uh, some think he's you know, a dirty fighter. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of him, but he does have an undefeated record. Yeah. And I think you know, for the longest time he's kind of dodged the whole Pacquiao issue because he doesn't want that to be, you know, blemished. Like, that's how he's made his name known, is because of his re- of that record. And um, now that Pacquiao's lost twice, I definitely think it's not going to happen because yeah. now, you know, Mayweather, like, why would he have, you know, Pacquiao come up and, you know, 
take that from him when Pacquiao would honestly have nothing to lose there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's unfortunate because I used to not be like, you know, I didn't really care about boxing at a you know, certain point. And then I watched the anime Hajime no Ippo, mm-hmm. um, which if you are interested in anime, like sports anime, it's you know one of the best out there. And mm-hmm. it actually really makes you appreciate boxing. Yeah. You can like, you know, watch fights on TV and like, you know, get into it. Um, if there were ever a Pacquiao Mayweather fight, I would put money down to watch that. I don't care if, you know, pay-per-view matches are like 40 to $50. Yeah. That would have been worth like, if I did ever one pay-per-view thing ever, 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 it would have been that. And now it's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't really see it happening either. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of like a you know, reputa- reputation on the line, but it's kind of only one sided now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not going to get the hype that it, it would if it did happen. You know, uh, I think it'd still do really well and everything. It's just, I, I don't think that it's. I think. Basically, from this point on, the hype will just keep dying down about it, and it eventually just won't happen. When it, It'll get to the point where it won't happen. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, if he still was undefeated, um, then I, I think it definitely would have happened. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure. What, I mean, people drool over those kind of things, and, um, and the TV ratings would be ridiculous, I'm sure. Um, but... I I, don't, I just don't see it happening now. Mm-hmm. At the ten yard line here, we have big shakeups in college athletics. So you have teams in the Big East, and when you think Big East, some people like to think you know basketball because you know Big East tournament and all these great things that you have. Yeah, you have you know uh, experience with with WVU being mm-hmm. uh, in the Big East for quite some time for basketball. And the Big East has you know. You know, several schools that are not part of the football program. They're Catholic schools. They just don't have, you know, football schools that are in, you know, Division 1A. Mm-hmm. Um, football, uh, subdiv- the FBS, Football Bowl yeah. Subdivision. Uh, these schools would be DePaul, Georgetown, Marquette, Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall, and Villanova. Well, now they've made the decision that they're kind of seeing the, uh, you know, the tide starting to shift in the college mm-hmm. athletic landscape. They're seeing football becoming more dominant and shaping how these conferences will play out. And these schools have apparently decided that they are going to leave the Big East, mm-hmm. which is huge. Uh, they're trying to think, like, maybe they're going to make their own basketball conference with some of the other schools. Maybe you get some A-10 schools in there. Yeah, uh, you maybe get some, you know, some, some butlers in there, um, other possible possibilities there. Um, pretty big shakeup here, Joel. Yeah, I mean, and really, it has a lot to do with the television contracts that are out there right now, and how much. You, I mean, you know, you, if you follow college football, if you follow college football a lot, then you you realize how big these television contracts are that go out to these different conferences. Well, um, in the past couple of years basketball has been increasing as well in the the kind of contracts that they sign with these conferences um i mean because people i mean 
people definitely want to see all these basketball. I mean, they want to see all the basketball games now. I mean, that you, you see it in how they do the NCAA tournament. You know, they add the extra games, but now they've got, what, three, four networks covering the whole tournament, so you can watch every single game. Mm-hmm. It's so, so, you know, they, they kind of do, like, an estimate of how much they value a conference and then, sh- you know, shift that into you know, whichever network wants to pay that much in order to have their, their games on there. So, um, it, and, and right now the, what's kind of funny is that as far as basketball goes, the big East is almost, is pretty much making more money from their, their basketball revenue than they are from football. Even though there's, they're still technically kind of a BCS school. I mean, BCS conference. They are technically a BCS conference still. They're getting more money for basketball than they are for football, just because. Because it, it I really what it is is the high level of play in that conference. There's still a high level regardless of the teams that have left, oh, and a great. lot of it has to do with those lower division schools that are playing Division One basketball. Because I mean, it, you think of. You know, you've got to think of first. You think of tradition. You think of Georgetown. You think of Villanova. You think of St. John's. Those schools are are. I mean, they've been Providence. They've all been really. You know, past twenty, thirty, ten years, they've all done really, really well in basketball. And you know, more recently, some like some of the other schools in that group, like Marquette, have done a lot better. And, and, you know, that's one of the reasons the Big East was so good. It, it really d- had, I think, as much to do with those schools as it did with, you know, UConn and Syracuse and Pitt. Um, Georgetown those, and Villanova always up there, too. Yeah, know? exactly. Those, those schools, I mean, they, they just seems like they're never bad. They're, I mean, it just seems like they never really have a bad year. If they're not having a good year, they still make the tournament. <laughs> like it, well, then again, a lot of schools make the tournament just because there's so many. Uh, yeah, sports. but I, I really think that the the reason that that RPI is so high has a lot more to do with those schools right there than than you know the the BCS level schools that were in the conference because that those schools right there were the difference between them and every other conference. That was the reason that the middle of the league was so good. Like it could compete with anybody, and and I think that's what made them different than the ACC. You know, the ACC had all these schools at the top, but once you got past you know the fourth best team, it just dropped off. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that's I mean, you look at the Big Ten. That's another reason why them adding more schools is a good thing, even though it's mainly for football because. They can help build, you know, build those programs into better basketball schools over time. Because moving the Big Ten, they'll be able to recruit different places for basketball too. That makes so. me think. Since since when did the Big Ten become a better basketball conference compared to the rest of the country? And then you know, at at a cost almost in a way, the football conference is just was so weak this year. I, I think it really has to do with. You know, I mean, you could recruit really well in one year and have a good basketball team 
for a couple years. You could recruit really well in football one year, and it doesn't even do anything. I, I, I think it really has to do with the coaches that are currently the coaches in the Big Ten in basketball. They're just, I mean, really, you can compare them to any other league. It's They're, they're better overall. They just, they Close, really... But- I don't know, to a, a Big Ten person like me, that's, that's shocking. Anyway, we make the play here. Will the Big East be dissolved in the next couple of years? What do you think? Well, I, I think before this kind of little, little background on um, why a lot of teams started leaving the Big East. Um, the, commi- the, the last commissioner, um, was it, I can't remember, Trangis? It's like Mike Trangis. Um, he he didn't cons- he didn't consider um, what was happening with the BCS conferences and football, and that made a lot of those schools angry. Like they felt like they were falling behind all the other conferences as far as football goes. They, he wasn't going out and adding schools. He was basically doing what he was keeping the basketball schools happy. All these Catholic schools. The you know the, the original mm-hmm. schools happy, yeah. and he wasn't. And so that's why teams started leaving. So now that teams started leaving, he started adding all these other schools in to fill the spots. The basketball schools, the Catholic smaller schools, are not happy. That's basically what this comes down to. It says it right here in this article. They were not happy that Tulane was coming to the conference, <laughs> which is kind of really it's really kind of funny, but um. And so it's kind of like a reverse effect now. He, now that the new commissioner is finally doing something to add other schools that you know for football, they don't. You know they're not. He didn't check it with all the other schools mm-hmm. first, and so they're upset, and they don't want their precious RPI to go down in basketball, because as far as those schools are concerned, basketball is the big thing. Of course, that's where they get all their money, and 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 everything. And to, to fund all their other sports, basically. So that's that's where you, where the problem is. And so I th- thought before this that I thought the Big East would be okay. I think they would just add all these other schools and turn them into some kind of conference with schools all over the United States, you know. And then basketball would go on as usual and basically be making most of the money for them. But with these teams leaving, it kind of changes things a little bit. It kind of makes me lean a little more towards their them dissolving rather than them just changing their conference name and having different schools. So um, I think eventually it will. I really don't know when that'll be, regardless of what happens with these schools, like and how soon they move or or do whatever they're gonna do. Um, I I don't know. I, it's just kind of like you've got half the conference against the other half. Yeah. In a way. For all the other sports versus just football, I think so, the, I think the basketball conference is in trouble. I, I think yeah. the new conference that they'll make with you know uh, these you know Catholic schools and then a lot of the mid majors that mm-hmm. you know, are being considered, I think that will succeed quite well. Oh yeah, no, um, I I mean like those schools. The thing about those schools is they want to they want to be in that conference. They want to do, they want to move from where they currently are in different conferences. So I think that's okay. The problem is. You know, the other half where you've got all these schools that want to leave. So I don't necessarily think it will, will change. Yeah. Is that a better way to put it? Like, 
So I don't think that it'll dissolve. I think that it'll change into a different looking conference. Right. Right. And I think, you know, for football, I don't know if like you necessarily call it the Big East, but they <clears> kind of break it down in a paragraph from this article, if you, mm-hmm. you know, read it from our show notes here. That it says, you know, what they're doing as far as football and they're adding all these teams because they've lost seven teams. Yeah. You know, in the past few years, you know, WVU, Pittsburgh, TCU, uh, Syracuse, Louisville, Notre Dame, and Rutgers, which is kind of weird that they add TCU in there because <laughs> TCU was a very temporary Big East school, never officially, and then it's like, oh, going to Big 12. <laughs> uh, but they say that, you know, the Owls. You know, football member this year. Uh, they'll add Houston, SMU, Memphis, Central Florida, Boise State, and San Diego State in 2013, Tulane and East Carolina in 2014, and Navy in 2015. It's not going to be a powerful conference, but mm-hmm. I guess, you know, they'll survive, I think, in football if they make yeah, those they'll have Yeah, they'll have you know, media TCU markets all again. over the place. That's, I mean, the, right. they'll just have, they'll have people watching from all different places in the united states so i think that's where they benefit a lot because you know these schools you know their fans might not travel these games but they still watch their games on television and that's really all that matters yeah new york new jersey market yeah look at look at the acc nobody goes to any of the games in that conference but they're still really relevant because people watch them on tv well it's really like that's kind of what the big Ten's trying to do with you know getting the Rutgers and maryland you're trying to yeah. Get draws from that New York, New Jersey, exactly. and Washington, D.C. audience. That's what it's all about. Money. <laughs> money, money, money. Speaking of money, uh, the five-yard story this week oh. is the NFL and Roger Goodell trying to make changes, what they think is for the best for the game. But it's, let's be honest, it's mostly about money. Yeah. And this idea would be the discussion of possibly <laughs> expanding the playoffs. They're currently at 12 teams. You have the four division winners and the two wild cards. They're looking at possibly expanding to either 14 or 16 teams. And yes, 16 teams, that would be half the league yep. getting into the playoffs, which is like what they do with basketball and hockey currently. Yep. Uh, good idea or bad idea? Well, okay. Uh, I think you you um, look at someone. I, I don't know. You you look at who currently um, has been winning Super Bowls, who has been getting far in the playoffs right now, and you do have some evidence. Like if you go back, you look at the Giants. You look at the um, let's see, was it the? There was one year where I think the Steelers maybe were a wild card too. Yeah. And they yep, won the Super Bowl. That was the Super Bowl forty year where they beat the Seahawks, and they won all of their games on the road. Yeah, um, that was so in Detroit. You have, I mean, you have some evidence for like you know wild cards doing well in the playoffs. Um, yeah, Packers, Giants recently. Yeah, I think I think that has a lot more to do with these are NFL teams. Nobody is like clearly superior next to everyone else. I mean, every once in a while you'll see some blowout games, but you don't you, you don't see that week after week like in college football. Um, teams are a lot more even because everybody has really, really good players. Um, and so I think, you know, the more you open it up to um, adding more wild cards, 
the more upsets you're going to have. Um, because as much as we make a big deal about home field advantage and like you earning that at the end of the year, all you have to do is go out and play bad and you lose. Mm-hmm. And it could be in front of your own crowd or on the road. Yeah. So um, I think that comes more into play in indoor and outdoor stadiums. I don't really think it's as big of a deal otherwise. Um, and like with weather, I, th- I think weather is a big thing. Sure. Weather elevation, Denver's elevation, that's that's clearly an advantage. Um, but like, I just think that if you add more, t- you're going to have more upsets and things like that. So is that a good thing? Is that adding more parity? Well, it's already a, it's already a league with parity to begin with, and yeah, I mean that's having, the thing. You're I having teams that are, you know, <clears throat> five hundred even below. You had the Seahawks, you know, the recent year, one or two years ago or whatever. They're coming mm-hmm. in at seven and nine, and they win their division. Yeah. So it had to be two years ago because the Forty Nine ers were really good last year. Two years ago, seven and nine, they play the Saints, and Marshawn Lynch. Goes and has that run, and they win the playoff game. And there's a seven nine team with six teams getting in, you know, to the the playoff for either the NFC or the AFC. If you yeah. expand that, you have more chance of that happening. And I think almost that looks bad for the league that you have some of these bad teams, you know, mm-hmm. getting in and, and winning. I mean, the first rounds of the NBA and NHL. Granted, you're going to have some good matchups. And, you know, some rare exceptions where the eights may challenge or beat the ones. Yeah. But it's not interesting. Like, you have mm-hmm. to wait until the next round until you get, like, the really good, meaty matchups most of the time. Yeah. And I, and I keep having to preface that because, again, there are exceptions to the trend. Um, but I think it's just a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I'm totally on board with... The concept that's floating out there of the 18-game regular season schedule, if you sacrifice a couple preseason games, mm-hmm. because the fans do not care about the preseason. Yeah, give them give two games to you know, get everyone going and learn the system. But once you hit the third and fourth games, nobody cares. Starters aren't, like, aren't even playing the anymore. The teams that win all their preseason games, they really don't do anything. It doesn't either. matter. Yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't even... It's not because... I'll tell not, you what. Lions... 0-16 year, they won every single preseason yeah. game. So like it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything in the long run. As I mean, you, you're basically trying to play a game and not get anyone hurt. Right. Um, so and then why why play it then and not just exactly. play an actual competitive game? So I'm more on board with that idea. But as far as expanding the playoffs, get that out of here. We got to make the play, though. Will this change actually take place? Um, let's say this. Uh, let's say this year, like this coming year. Okay, this year, no, I don't think it will. This year, um, I think that they, I don't think that they're going to have enough evidence to support that it should happen. Like, I don't think that they'll 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 be able to argue that it's a good idea. Yeah, it's they'll they're gonna. I think it's going to take them a longer time to set rules in place for because the more like wildcard teams you add you're going to have more tiebreakers for that to ha- for those different spots and stuff because you're going to have you're you're basically adding another 
lower rank of a team. So you're going to have a lot more teams that are tied for that other spot trying to get in. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just going to cause more yeah. chaos. Yeah, so I, I think that there's... I think it I think it takes a lot longer than the amount of time that they've established to set a system into place where it'll actually work. So I don't think that they'll have it ready. I think maybe they might decide they're going to do it, but I don't think they'll have it ready to to use. I don't think they'll have the idea pitched all the networks. And, yeah. and I, I don't. I think there's a lot more work that has to go into it until they eventually do it. I think maybe down the road, you know, five years or something, maybe. But I, I don't think right now. Yeah, I think down the road it's unfortunately going to be an inevitability. Um, but this year it seems too soon. I think eventually down the road they'll just have like a they'll have they'll have like <laughs> more NFL channels like an NFL playoffs channel. Yeah, it doesn't do any that during the rest of the year it just shows replays of playoffs from all. Yeah, it's gonna be a channel with a flying camera over the teams, just like a remote. You know their play before they box. run it. There you go. Well, no, it's gonna be like one of those, you know, NFL twenty four seven channels. You're gonna have, you know, Tom Brady's gonna be an old man in the Super Bowl, and he's gonna have like a little remote control bot hovering over him when he sleeps, and he brings Giselle along, and whoops, uh, what is that bot camera picked up on the NFL? <laughs> Player twenty four seven. The camera that's just twenty four seven at a field, like wherever your team is. Yeah. And it just like watches them practice. <laughs> watches them like it watches the grass. And then the other players uh, other teams get the tape on that and when they put the line the lines on the field. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll all be under Roger Goodell making all these changes. Well, speaking of the NFL, we go into the replay now where we look at the past games that we picked last week and see what happened, how we did, all that good stuff. Uh, It was NFL Week 14 last week. We didn't have any college football games because there were no games. Um, So we instead start with Dallas at Cincinnati. That was a minus three line. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cincinnati up by a couple points, but Dallas driving. Dan Bailey kicks the winning field goal. Dallas wins 20-19. Final seconds. They did it. (laughs) (laughs) They stay alive in the (laughs) NFC East where every team won. Yep. Yeah, they did. How about that? Even those (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles, thank goodness we didn't have a game picking them because they scored a touchdown at the very last minute and beat the Bucks. because how did that happen? I don't know. Speaking of the NFC East, Baltimore went to Washington. They were up by a couple points. You know, Anquan Bolden had a couple touchdowns, and we still, my brother and I, lost our fantasy football game by one no. point. <laughs> um, Baltimore went into Washington. They had the lead, and RG3 got injured with a first-degree LCL sprain in his knee. That replay, oh, it's not, you know, Marcus Lattimore bad, but when they showed it all the time this past week, it it's a little rough to look at. I don't know if if you didn't see it for those you know listening. Um, RG three is running the ball and then he kind of gets you know turned on his side as he's he's falling down and his leg hits uh, Holodi Nada, the defensive tackle for the Ravens, and his knee just bends. Awkwardly, it was, it was rough to look at. 
You alright there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you to chime in and be like, he's not here. No, I'm here. No, I was talking, you were talking about RG3's vicious, you know, knee injury. And he seems like he's going to be okay for this coming week. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, the, uh, it seems like every time he gets hurt, he's back very fast. No matter what it is. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Sometimes. I mean, he tried to continue to play, but he couldn't put any weight on that, that foot. And he still completed some passes, which is remarkable. Yeah. He's pretty crazy. <laughs> I don't even know how he does the stuff that he does. Hmm. Well, then Kirk Cousins, uh, also a rookie, he's out of Michigan State, comes in. They're down by eight, gets the touchdown, and then for the two-point conversion, he does a quarterback draw up the middle. Gets a two-point yeah. conversion, they kick the field goal, win it in overtime, and so Washington gets the win, and they cover the one point. Yep. How about that? Miami at San Francisco, minus 10. It was close for a little while, but then... I don't know if you saw the Colin Kaepernick run of like 50 yards, how he just went untouched and was just gone from like, you know, after he goes like five yards, he's, he's gone. He did that in college all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. But, it, you know, it was running that pistol mm-hmm. and it's a little bit different than what they're running now, but they incorporate some of, uh, of that. And I mean, if you've watched them lately, they've incorporated some different kind of, uh, you know, at least like rolling them out, that kind of stuff. Um, I, one play I did see that they ran like a zone read mm-hmm. kind of play with him. So they're they're letting him run around a little bit. I mean, you definitely should. I think they're just kind of worried about him getting hurt. But you you know, you've got an experienced quarterback. Just right, right the bench there. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. I think it, it definitely, the fact that they have Alex Smith opens up what they can do with him using his legs more. Sure. They have to. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if, you know, Colin Kaepernick's still the start and they get in the playoffs and you're going to put playoff experience, you know, in a first-year starter. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting. It, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just nice for them to know that, like, they they probably won't have to win games with their offense. You know, they they probably won't have to run up and down the field on teams just because their defense is solid. So. Right. New Orleans Saints at New York Giants. We both picked the Saints in this one. It was a minus four and a half spread in favor of the Giants. And, oh, boy, they went above and beyond as the Giants won 52 to 27. I forgot to mention uh, San Francisco, 27-13. Maybe I didn't mention that. Anyway, Giants, 52-27. That was a blowout and quickly. It's like... It's like they, like... They can't decide what they are this year. I don't... Yeah. Well, isn't that, you know, standard fare for at this time of the season? Yeah, but I, I, I don't necessarily remember them being so back and forth, like, between games... It seems like they win a game, they lose a game, they win a game. Like hmm. there's a pattern almost. It's like you can almost predict when they're gonna lose. Um, well, we just might be able to with these coming <laughs> games for this week. Yeah. I mean, I thought New Orleans could, you know, at least keep up with the points, and I didn't think their defense would be that bad. But wow, they were really bad. Yeah. That was that was unfortunate. 
Detroit at Green Bay, hoping to break the 20-game regular season losing streak, 21 if you count the playoffs. Mm-hmm. At Lambeau Field, they were playing through snow. They had a 14-0 lead, and that did not last. Green Bay covers by 7, and the spread was 7, 27-20. I'm telling you, if they would have... If they would have competed the way that they have, like, the past, what, like, five games against the first couple teams they played, they would have won all those games. Like, I don't understand. It's, it seems like they show up every single game. It's just they, they cannot finish at all. It's been a strange season, and it's kind of almost karma for all the close games and 20-plus point comebacks that they had last season. Uh, so it's almost starting to balance it out. Uh, Calvin Johnson's having a hell of a season, though. Madden curse, what? Uh, he's on pace to break Jerry Rice's single-season receiving yards record, and that's incredible. That's crazy. And he hasn't had a lot of touchdowns. Like We were talking at the beginning of the year how mm-hmm. you know he really hadn't had any touchdowns from Matthew well, Stafford. They, they haven't had many touchdowns this year. That's true, they have not. They've kind of just... I don't know. It just seems like every time I'm watching them, it seems like it's always the fourth quarter and they're always squandering something. That or they're trying to come back and failing to do so. Ah, uh, those those lions. Or as a radio station here once... you know, Someone pointed out on a radio station called it the Snow 17. Because... Like they were at the game, you know, Lions game with their girlfriend, and they were watching from the stands, you know, end zone seats. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Was the snow 17?" <laughs> and it's because if you look at Lions upside down from where they were sitting, <laughs> it was snow 17. Oh. Or and then one of my friends also sounds says, like a keeper. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that that's nice. Put a honey. ring on that. <laughs> One of my friends also, he can't spell that well, so he sometimes says the loins. <laughs> so I'll sometimes call them the loins out of respect or disrespect. <laughs> That's enough about my hometown football team. Um, the, uh, Houston Texans at New England Patriots on Monday Night Football, minus three and a half. Uh, we, had, we were split on this one. Yeah. And wow, New England... Blew the Texans out of the water. And like the Texans were saying, like this is the most important game in franchise history. They did not show up at all. Yeah, I didn't even watch the game. I didn't know. I'm assuming Tom Brady just threw for a bunch of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Like, Houston just was not there. It was, it was shocking. Well, hopefully if they play again, it'll be a better game and not just awful playoff game. <laughs> right. Cause I like I feel bad because I felt I I think I told a bunch of people to watch this game and I was, mm, yeah. was like, this will be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's also shocking is that you know I'm still one game up in college football. You are one game up in the NFL. We've mm-hmm. stayed remarkably close uh, with these predictions here throughout the season, and that's really surprising. Uh, Major Moses leading college football, and Skull Jumper is one game up on Major Moses in the NFL. So. That's going to come down to the wire right there. Yep. 
Um, the pick six this week before we make the predictions for this week. You know, we don't really need to make the actual predictions for wins and losses for the mm-hmm. college football bowls. Only two this week. We'd like to have a full set of you know slate of six games before we actually have them count. But we'll still talk about the games a little bit. Yeah. Mostly they're weird names. The Gildan New Mexico Bowl. <laughs> With Nevada and Arizona, this is Saturday the 15th at 1 p.m. Eastern, and the spread is minus 8 with Arizona favored. Um, I, I mean, I can see I can see why, you know, Pac-12 is definitely a tougher conference. Um, same records. Um, you know, it at least if you look at statistically, both teams, it, it looks to be kind of a shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams run the ball really. I mean, well, let's see. Both teams have, I think, Arizona has the number one rusher in the country, and Nevada is like no number three, maybe. I think number two, but yeah, like they're they're right up there. Yeah. Um, I think I think overall Nevada runs for more yards, but Arizona passes for more. Um, I kind of, I think maybe, just because. I'm a little bit familiar with Jeff Castile's defense, um, and it usually is based on you know stopping the run. They they try and do everything they can stop the run, and I think that that is kind of the goal in this one. And just because I'm not I'm not really familiar with Nevada, I think maybe you know they they hold Nevada up in the run game a little mm-hmm. bit, and basically outscore them. I agree I, with that. Plus, you know, Rich Rod. Um, we we have a interesting place in each of our hearts for Rich Rodriguez, as we've established mm-hmm. with Michigan and West Virginia ties. Um, yeah, I like Arizona covering this eight. Uh, it's definitely going to be a shootout, and you know that's why it could be you know just a touchdown, and then Nevada would technically get that as yeah. far as the pick goes. But I think with the amount of points that are going to be scored, I think eight is possible, and I think you know, I'm going to favor Arizona in this one. Yeah, we gotta pick Arizona for decaf. There you go. Pick Arizona for decaf. I'm okay with this. Now the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Mm. Wouldn't you want to participate in the Potato Bowl because it's a spot or something? God, what a, a terrible name! A couch potato. Yeah, watching the Potato Bowl. <laughs> Eating some French fries. Eating some chips. And you which just are potatoes. Spud, spuds everywhere. While you're watching the Potato Bowl. It's Toledo versus Utah State, and it's a minus eight spread as well, and this is going to be a 4.30 on Saturday. Uh, surprising spread, I think, for Utah State. These teams have been really you know, overachieving this year, and like they've done well. I kind of like Toledo in this one because I think eight feels like a lot. Yeah. And Toledo really started to play well near the end of the year. Um, they were, you know, starting to compete with teams that were, you know, outclassing them. Mm-hmm. And I think Utah State might have had, you know, their season kind of dwindled down a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised at the eight spread. Um, I think Toledo can, you know, be the dog and, you know, pull that off. Yeah. Didn't um, did Toledo finish second to? Oh, no, wait, they finished third in their conference, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, to uh, behind, what was it? 
Because they think they finished ahead of Ohio, didn't they? They may have. Yeah. yeah, and they finished behind the two teams that went to the state. So, um, Kent Ohio State and Northern Illinois, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think they played them close. They beat Cincinnati, right? I, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and and um, they and I, lost to Arizona in overtime. They played them close. Yeah, so. yeah, they did. Um, and that was early in the year. Um, so, you know, they've, they've played some, some, you know, bowl teams already. Um and competed with them. They beat one. Um, I don't know. If you kind of look at both teams statistically again, I kind of like to do this whenever whenever they're like new teams playing each other that probably wouldn't play each other otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same. Utah State, um, their defense, I believe, is ranked in the top 15 in the country. Um, and so um, I, I think it's, you know, it's always nice to have a defense to lean on. That's why, like, I definitely wouldn't, you know, count Notre Dame out of the national championship just because they have a solid defense. So I, th- I think that I think in, in those kind of situations, you've always got to look at the team whose defense has performed better all year long. And so I think, you know, I think Utah State will probably win this one. But otherwise, statistics are kind of close. Utah State hasn't really... Um, I mean, they beat, I believe they beat one ranked team. It was like a, a lower division team. Right. I, I can't remember who it was. Um, but they, they really haven't, they haven't played any BCS schools um, where, you know, those kind of teams are play tougher schools all the time. So um, I think I think it will probably be a pretty even game overall. Um, I think maybe like a touchdown. And because the spread's eight, yeah. I think I'm going to go with Toledo. Just because I think that game stays close to the whole. All right. Well, let's go with games that are going to count towards our record. We got a slate of NFL games this week. A lot of 1 p.m. games this week, and good ones, too. Uh, So we start with the New York Giants going to Atlanta. Minus one in favor of the Falcons. Uh, That's Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. I have the Giants in this one. Atlanta did not look too hot last week, and... While you think you know, the Giants may be you know, up and down, up and down, they looked really good last week. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, Giants are going to continue that, um, you know, move the ball on offense, and you know, put just enough pressure on Matt Ryan to at least win the game. Because a minus one spread, it's, in the way we're picking the games, it's more like a toss-up here. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with Atlanta just because I think they need to... You know, put together some good performances before the playoffs. Kind of, they certainly do, but it's a matter of can they? Yeah, they need to like show a a good product on the field um, because you know the thing with them is they they have a lot of these kind of seasons where they have really good years. They don't lose many games, and you get a high seed in the playoff playoffs, and then it's over. I mean, it's over quick. Um, you know, they make it to, they barely, they barely make it past the first round, even when they have, you know, home field advantage. Um, and, and I think that, I don't know if it's just, they go into the playoffs. So, you know, not, not prepared. Like, I, I don't know if they, I think what it is, is that they play well starting the year, they get this kind of position and then they kind of 
lose games going to the playoffs because they don't know they know they don't need to win them, and then that kind of shows on the field. Yep. When the playoffs start, so I think that they, you know, because I'd like to see them do well in the playoffs because they never seem to. Um, so I, I think that they they kind of need to start winning games just to to you know have that good feeling going into the playoffs. So I, I'll, I'll go ahead and pick them. Interesting. All right, Green Bay at Chicago, plus two and a half at 1 p.m. Eastern. How do you think this one? Um, I, I've got Green Bay um, just because they, I don't know, it seems like a lot, like, lately when I've said that they can't win games because of a lack of a running game in their defense, they just go and outscore people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll go ahead and go with them this week just because I, I don't know, seems like when I don't watch Chicago, they do really well, but then when I watch them, they just look awful. I mean, they, they look so bad sometimes and I don't understand why, like that defense that's supposed to be really good just gets burned. Yeah. They're definitely starting to show some cracks. Yeah. That's for sure. And, um, and so I, I think that they're kind of right. I didn't. Both teams play earlier in the season. It was just a blowout. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's why I'm, I'm going with Green Bay as well. I think Cutler is also a little rattled from a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Bay just took the lead in the north, and they want to put their foot on the throats of the Bears. They want to just shut that down. Um, so I think Green Bay has all the momentum going into the game. And, you know, I, some may say, like, that's no such thing. But, you know, they're playing good football right now, and... Chicago is right now having a tough time putting a good win together. So, even though they're at home, I'm going to take Green Bay on the road mm-hmm. as the favorites by two and a half. Yeah. Denver Broncos at Baltimore Ravens. Ravens can still clinch the AFC North for the third week in a row. That's a tough team to go up against in the Broncos. Ravens at home minus four at 1 p.m. Eastern. I have the Broncos in this one. I think, you know. Baltimore's going to lose three straight, and they, they've played close games. They've played good games. Tough loss to the Steelers, really tough loss to the Redskins, and I think Denver, very hot team. They've won seven or eight straight, whichever it is. Uh, you don't want to be facing them at this point. And Baltimore favored by four, I can't really understand that. I think Denver you know, wins by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I, I think... I think uh... I think Peyton kind of breaks this defense down and and finds guys wide open because there really have been guys running wide open against their secondary for you know about half the season now and um, I just don't think I don't Baltimore's offense the last couple of weeks has looked out of sync. It really has, and um, you know, a lot of people said, "Oh, well, you know, they were playing Steelers defense. Steelers defense tough to go against." Blah blah blah. They really didn't have an excuse for what. I mean, they should have scored more points than they did against the Redskins. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, like, I, I was thinking that they'd score in the 40s or something, and you know, in regulation. But uh, I, I, I just, uh, I don't know. They look, they just look bad right now and this is not the team that they want to be playing at this moment the the, the bat the thing is the back end of their schedule was really hard um early on in the season they played a lot of easy teams 
and and now they're now they're finally hitting the tough part in their schedule. And I mean, you can it's evident that they've lost two games in a row, and I, I do think they're going to lose this one too. They just need that one win, though. And I'm going to throw it out there because we don't have either team in you know the the games this week. How about the Colts? Yeah, at nine and four. Three games left. They play Houston twice. They still have a shot to win that division. Well, I I think uh, I think Andrew Luck came in and is doing what a lot of people thought he would do. Mm-hmm. Um, he you know he was NFL ready a year before, and he decided to stick around another year. And, I don't know, he's just, I think if there was ever a quarterback that could come in and take over right away, I think it would be him. Of course, yeah. Just because, that's. I mean, when, when he was in college, he's seen a lot of the same stuff that he saw in college. The coverages are different, but he's, I mean, the offense is really, really similar. Yeah, um, the whole Chuck Pagano inspiration also helps, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, watch out for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. On the Sunday night game at 820, San Francisco 49ers at New England Patriots minus six. Hmm, interesting, interesting. I'm going to go with the Patriots mm-hmm. on this one. Um, I think that the offense is just too much. And granted, 49ers defense, very good. Mm-hmm. Um but I just think New England is, is too hot right now. And I think they're really starting to put together a run for the playoffs. And uh, at, Pat's playing at home in the cold. Watch out. Yeah, I I think uh, if this is, I don't know, if the, if the it would have been seven maybe, minus seven. Yeah. Or minus eight, I probably would have went the, with the San Francisco. But because all you need is a, uh, a touchdown, I think I'm going to go with New England. I just think that they, at this point, can outscore. The this is one of the teams that I think if if San Francisco had to play in the playoffs, they you know well I guess in the um that they would have to outscore mm-hmm. in order to beat them. Um, just because I think that I don't really think you can cover the whole field against them. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady's too good at breaking down coverages. You, I mean, you really have to throw everything. You have to hit him. You really have to hit him. You have to. It's true, and well, they do have the potential to do that. Um, and I, if you don't get to him enough, then he's going to make you pay. And um, really, I, I don't know. Unless they get lots and lots of sacks against him, and which is hard because he gets the ball out so quick. Um, I think it's going to take you know, two or three turnovers from New England for San Francisco to win this one, just the way that things are going right now. So so I got New England. Mm-hmm. Last one, Monday Night Football, New York Jets at Tennessee Titans, minus one. So, again, pretty much a, a toss-up there. What are you thinking for this one? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'll take the Titans. <laughs> um, I, it's a pretty boring game, I know. Yeah, I just don't... I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend watching this unless you're a fan <laughs> of either team. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, 
Chris Johnson. Mm. Yeah, I've got Tennessee as well. I mean, you look at the offense. Like, they do have some pieces. Yeah, you have I'm Jake Locker. You have Chris Johnson. You have Kenny Britt on the outside. Um, is Nate... No, Nate Washington's with the Seahawks. Yeah. He used to be with the Titans at one point. Well, still, I mean, the Jets are a mess at quarterback right now. If you know Sanchez is, you know, do enough. They had Tebow said they're not going to play, and McElroy was deactivated or something. They're they're a mess right now. Give me the Titans. So we only differ on one game. That's going to be Giants at Atlanta. Should be a very interesting one. Um, you know, catch those bowl games, the New Mexico Bowl and the Potato Bowl. Ooh. Fun. Otherwise, it's going to be an interesting week, that's for sure. But most of all, we are going to relax and enjoy the fact that we are off school yes. temporarily until the next semester begins. Hallelujah. <laughs> And then holidays and all that that comes with it. So that's that's yes. great. Anyway, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Take it easy.